We're in chapter 23 in Shmuel Aleph. We finished the first six verses. We saw how David and his 400 men, they come to the rescue of the citizens of Ke'ilah, which is a Jewish city that had been attacked by the Philistines. And we took a deep dive last time into the question, if you can learn from this episode, whether or not individual Jews or a group of Jews are allowed to rise up when the Jewish government isn't protecting its citizens since Saul, who represented the sovereign body, he wasn't doing his job. So we saw David stepped in. So we talked a lot about that, but let's get back to the story now. We saw from the beginning that David's men, they were not gung-ho about leaving their hiding places and going to Keilah in the first place because they knew it would expose them to Saul and his army who were searching for them. In the end, David convinces them to go out with him and to fight despite the risk because it's important to help their fellow Jews. So it said in verse five, and David and his men went to Keilah and fought the Philistines and he led away their cattle. And the very mention that he led away their cattle, we saw that this was not a matter of Philistines killing Jews, but they were plundering them. They were looting the threshing floors. This was a war of attrition. And now David is restoring to the residents of Keilah their livestock. And then verse five continues, and he struck them a great blow. And then it says at the end of the verse, David and David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. So everything seems great until we get to verse seven, where it says like this, and it was told to Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has delivered him into my hands, for he has trapped himself by entering a city with gates and bars. Okay, so this is what David's men were concerned about and why they didn't want to go. They rescued Keilah, but while they were in the city, and we see that Keilah is a walled city, there were informers who squealed to Saul that David was there, so now they're trapped inside. Talk about ungrateful. And let's look at the end of the verse. Saul says, Nikar Elohim biadi, Hashem has delivered them into my hands. That is, Saul is thrilled that he's got him trapped in a walled city behind Rava Bariach with gates and bars. And that's the sickness of Saul right here. In all his wickedness, he's convinced himself that Hashem is with him. He says, Hashem has delivered him into my hands. Saul thinks he's getting siyata deshmaya because he's such a tzaddik. The Rabbim explains what Saul was thinking and why he thinks it's mishamayim. And this was the thought process of Saul according to the Ralbag. Hashem yitbarach. Saul was thinking that Hashem Yitbarach has removed from David the intelligence and the understanding and the sechel so he can fall into my hands. Because if David had acted wisely, he would have been more careful not to enter a walled city that's closed up, that you can lock up. And because he's in that situation, he cannot flee. So Saul's saying this is from Hashem. Hashem has messed up his judgment. He's made a huge tactical error, a blunder. Instead of hiding out in the desert like he was, he's leaving himself wide open. Saul's thinking, wow, Hashem loves me. Okay, so what's Saul going to do? Verse 8. And Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Keilah. In order to set up a siege or to besiege David and his men. So Saul's planning now to set up a siege around the walls of Keilah and keep David trapped. But notice how Saul wakes up now. 
to help the Jews fight the Philistines at Keilah. He wasn't around. But to capture David, he's woken up. Now it's true that Saul is obsessed with David, but it doesn't make sense that he's calling up so many soldiers because the verse says he summoned Kolaam, all the people he summoned to fight this war. To fight 400 men, you need the entire army? I mean, that's not normal. So we have two commentators explain why he called up so many men. According to the Malbim, he called up the entire army because he didn't want his men to know at the outset that they were being mobilized to capture David. Maybe they wouldn't be on board for such a mission. So we made it look like he was getting ready for a war against the Philistines. Because remember, the Philistines and Keilah share the same border. And since the Philistines basically were conquering Keilah little by little, Saul was able to mislead his men so they think that he's going after the Philistines. So he brought this massive amount of soldiers, but in the end, he was really just going after David. According to the Kliha Yakar, another commentator, he didn't call up so many forces to mislead his men. He did it to mislead David because he knew that if David sees Kolaam, that all the people have been mobilized, then David will think that it must be because that Saul's getting ready to fight the Philistines in some major war. This must be a full-scale war. I mean, you don't need all those people for 400 men. But no, Saul was going after him. So both commentators agree, basically, that Saul carried out this huge mobilization of soldiers as a deception. According to the Malbim, it was to mislead his own men. And according to the Kliakar, it was to mislead David. Okay, so what's David going to do now? Does he know about it? Does he know that Saul's soldiers are coming after him? It says in verse 9, And David knew that Saul was plotting evil, or Saul was up to no good. He was up to evil. So what does it mean that David knew? What's the verse trying to say? So the Malbim in the midst of that David say like this. The verse really reads, not and David knew that Saul was plotting against him, but but David knew. Many times vi before the word doesn't mean and, it means but. But David knew Saul was plotting evil against him. What does this mean? The people of Keilah, they were overjoyed to see Saul's army on its way. They thought that Saul was coming to rescue them. He's sending in the cavalry. That's what they were thinking. So the verse is saying, that's what the people think. But David knew, via David, that is, in contrast to them, he knew that it was meant for him and not for the Philistines. Okay, so David knows Saul is coming for him and he's in a walled city. So what should he do? So at the end of the verse, it's just like this. So David said to Evita the priest, Hagisha ha'ephod, bring to me the ephod. And the ephod, of course, is that breastplate that holds 12 stones. That means David wants to inquire once again of the Urim and the Tumim. He's got Evitar at his disposal and he's going to ask some questions. So let's move on to the verse 10. He says, and David said, Hashem Eloke Yisrael, O Lord, the God of Israel. So we see how his plea is so heartfelt that he opens that way. Shama Shama Avdecha. Your servant has definitely heard. He's heard for sure that Saul wants to come to Keilah. That is, it's not a rumor. It's not Lashon Hara. But Shoma Shama. I heard for sure. I definitely heard that Saul wants to come to Keilah. Why? Why does he want to come? He wants to destroy the city because of me. So this is what David says before even asking anything. He says that on my account, Saul is ready to wipe out the entire city like he did to the city of Nov. And now, having stated that, David asks his question, or in this case, we'll see his questions. And here it is in verse 11. 
Will the people of Keilah turn me over to him? That is, will they turn me over to Saul? Will they deliver me into Saul's hands? I mean, they're afraid of getting wiped out by Saul. There's a good chance they'll extradite me to save themselves. So that's the first question. Will they deliver me? Will the people of Keilah turn me over? And then he asks something else. Will Saul really come down as your servant has heard? And then David concludes in the same way he opened his inquiry. O Lord, God of Israel, Hagedna Avdecha, please tell your servant. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here for a lot of different reasons. First of all, David asked two questions, not one, which is problematic because you can only get one answer at a time. He also asks his question out of order. He asks first, will the citizens of Keilah deliver me to Saul? And then he asks, will Saul come down? So that's in inverted order, because first you should ask, is Saul coming down to get me? And then you should ask, will the people of Keilah turn me over to him? So you could say that he's just nervous. He's under a lot of pressure. That's understandable. And you could feel that in the verses, the way he keeps saying, oh Lord, God of Israel, help me. You feel as he's speaking that he's exasperated. So maybe that's why he asked two questions and not in the right order. Rabbi Kahana says that David didn't ask out of order because the question of whether or not he would be turned over, that was the more pressing question for him. Why? Because if Saul comes after him, David's pretty sure he can get out of there and save himself. But that's only if he has the cooperation of the citizens of Keilah, if he has local support. So the first thing he wanted to know is, will the citizens of Keilah be on my side through all this? Because if they're going to be against David and they're going to turn him over, then there's a pretty good chance that David and his men will be forced to engage in some kind of civil war with the residents of Keilah. There's no way out of it. And David doesn't want that. And so the most pressing issue for him was whether the Keilah residents are going to turn him over to Saul. That's why he asked that first. If he has their cooperation, he'll be able to get away. If he doesn't, it's a big problem. And another really interesting point that Rabbi Ghana makes here, actually, David doesn't ask if the residents of Keilah will turn him over. He doesn't say Anshei Keilah. He's asking if Baalei Keilah will turn him over. What's Baalei Keilah? That's not exactly the citizens of the residents. Ba'alei Keilah really means something else. Now, I'm sure in the English translation, Ba'alei Keilah will be translated as the citizens or the residents of Keilah or the people of Keilah, something like that. But Ba'alei Keilah from the Lashon Balabayit. The Balabayit, he's the owner of the house. So the Ba'alei Keilah, they're the owners of Keilah, so to speak. They're the machers of Keilah. They're the Balabatim. They're literally the masters of Keilah. The respectables. That's what he's asking. If the Baalei Kila, the establishment types who hold the power, will they turn me over? Because that's what David is worried about. Because the regular citizens and the masses, the Amcha, they're simple people. They probably love David. They're with him. They wouldn't turn him over. And they don't make the decisions. It's the Baalei Kila who make the decisions. It's the Machers, the Respectables, the Masters of Kila, Baalei Kila. They're the ones who have a lot more to lose if Saul comes in and wreaks havoc on the city. Because they have status, they have wealth, and they don't want to risk it. So they're the ones David is referring to as the ones who might turn him over to Saul. Now David was hoping that Baalei Kilah, the big wigs, will have gratitude towards him. And maybe they won't turn him over to Saul. Okay, so that was the question. And actually it was two questions. And Hashem's going to answer it one at a time. So it's like this. Vayomar Hashem, Yered. And Hashem said, yeah, he's coming down. So Hashem answers David's Second question, regarding whether Saul's coming after him or not. He says, yeah, he's coming after him. 
But now David wants to know, well, what about my other question regarding whether the Ba'alei Kila are going to turn me in? And that's what he's going to ask in verse 12 because he didn't get an answer yet. He says in verse 12, will the Ba'alei Kila surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, yes, Giru. Oh yeah, they will. So David gets his answer out of fear. The bosses of Kila will be willing to surrender David to the authorities. So this means that David is going to have to get out of there because Saul is coming and he'll have no safe haven in Keilah. They're going to turn him over. He does not have the cooperation, despite the fact that he saved the city. Now, you might ask a question, why is David asking all this? Why doesn't he just get out of there? Why inquire if Saul's coming, if he's going to be turned in? Just leave, which he eventually does. But why didn't he do it from the outset? So it's very likely that David and his men were tired, were exhausted, and he was hoping to hang out for a while in Keilah for a little rest and relaxation. He doesn't want to start running away again if he doesn't have to. He just saved them. He was hoping to chill for a while, but we see it was not to be. There's another side question we can ask. Can we say the Urim and the Turim were wrong? After all, they said that the people of Keilah will turn David over, but they didn't because David was out of there before they could do it. So actually we see from this that there's always free choice. So with this kinds of answers, a question we often hear, if Hashem knows what's going to happen, doesn't that mean there's no free choice? What we see from here, that the knowledge of what's going to happen doesn't negate the free choice. As we see, despite the divine answer, none of it happened because he got out of there. Saul didn't come to destroy the city, and David wasn't delivered into Saul's hands. But the substance of the Urim and Turmim's answer, that says a lot. It revealed that David is going to have it rough, that Saul is going to intensify his pursuit, and most of the people are going to be on Saul's side, not on David's side. They are not quick to acknowledge David's malchut, because we see from the answer of the Urim and Turmim that even the people that David saved in the city of Keilah, they betray him. And they betray him at a time that Saul is using David's successful campaign. Saul's exploiting David's victory so he can trap and kill him. And the people of Keilah don't stand by David's side. They don't stand by the side of the guy who saved him. So that's what David can learn from the answer of the Urim and Tumim, even though it didn't come to fruition. He knows now what lays ahead, that this trend of ingrates and stinkers and formers, it's going to continue. That's what the Urim and the Tumim teach David. So from his questions and those answers, David learns the lesson of what lies ahead. Okay, so like we said, David, he exits the city of Keilah when he hears that the Keilah residents are going to deliver him in the hands of Saul. And that's what it says in the next verse, verse 13. So David arises with 600 men to leave Keilah. So now David suddenly has 600 men when he leaves Keilah. He came with 400 men. So what happened? It means that another 200 men joined him following the Keilah episode. They were obviously impressed with David, unlike the machers of Keilah, the bosses of Keilah. These were the simple folk from Keilah, not the richy riches. We mentioned that earlier. And they hop aboard David's traveling show. He's got another 200 men with him now. He's gone from 400 to 600. So we see that David might not enjoy mainstream support from the establishment Jews, but we see here that he's got some grassroots backing, picking up another 200 men. Okay, so after the verse says he's got 600 men with him, the verse continues to say that they arose and left Keilah, and then it says, which literally means they went wherever they went. And that means they just kept moving around from place to place. Now, this expression really symbolizes what David's going through, his travails in the desert, that he went from place to place. 
It was a real grind. He's going through hardships. Now, why is he going from place to place? Because he's trying to get Saul off his tail. He's got to keep moving. He's got to stay one step ahead of Saul. And remember, there are informers on both sides. Saul has his informers. We see them squealing on David all the time in Judea. They're telling Saul where they saw David last. But David also has his guys. He's got his modain, his local intelligence. And they're letting him know when Saul is coming. So David is jumping around all over the place. And you thought it was easy being a Jewish leader. Let's finish off the verse, verse 13, after it says, that they went wherever they went. It says now, And when it was told to Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, he refrained from going. He stopped chasing him. So of course, there was no reason for Saul to go to Keilah if David already left. And so again, the Urim and the Tumim, it's not like they were incorrect. They said Saul was going to come to Keilah. They said that David was going to be turned over by the people of Keilah. But none of that happened. Why? Because David left before it could happen. Okay, so that wraps up the Keilah episode. But there are a lot more adventures on the way for David and his men in the Judean desert in this chapter. And not all of it is going to be bad. We'll see that David is going to get a surprise visit from his good friend Yonatan. And we'll check that out in our next shiur.